Hello and welcome to the Inspired Podcast. I just want to say a few quick words before this episode starts. It was at this point in recording the series that we started to have problems with some of our recording equipment. So around 12 minutes into the show you will start to hear some corruption. If you want to skip that you can. We did a recording with Ricky McCaddock from the charity Street Connect in Glasgow which is a homeless and rehabilitation charity. Because that was pre-recorded, we have a clean copy of that interview. So if you skip to 29 minutes, you can skip some of the corruption and just hear the non-corrupt audio. The songs have also been shortened during the corrupt sections because they sound really, really bad. But Lynn was our guest this episode and she has a lot of really interesting stuff to say. So I do recommend you listen to it. But if you want to skip... 12 minutes is the point where it does start to get corrupt. I will mention when that is again. And 29 minutes is when the recording with Street Connect starts up. So those are the points if you want to miss it. But I hope you enjoy the episode either way. Good evening, you're listening to Radio <laughs> Cali. This is Inspired. We're Catherine and Lauren. And we are excited to have um, Lynn on our show tonight and we have a lot lined up which is we are looking forward to. Yes, so we have an interview with Ricky from Street Connect. He'll be telling us about his charity. It's a homeless and rehabilitation charity. And Lynn's going to be chatting with us a bit. We're going to learn more about her and we're going to talk about some other things later on. (laughs) Would you like to say hi? Hello everyone (laughs) and welcome. (laughs) Thank you for welcoming us. Uh, so we're just going to start off with the song. This one's called Somewhere in the Middle, and this is by Casting Crins. We're between the hot and the cold. Somewhere between the new and the old. Somewhere between who I am and who I used to be. Somewhere in the Between the wrong and the right Somewhere between the darkness and the light Somewhere between who I was and who you're making me Somewhere in the middle you'll find me Just how close can I get surrender without losing all control fearless warriors in a picket fence reckless abandon wrapped in common sense deep water faith in the shallow end we are caught in the middle with eyes wide open to the differences the God we want and the God who Wide 
Lord, I feel you in this place, and I know you're by my side, loving me even on these nights. When I'm caught in the middle. Welcome back. Um, that was a really nice song. Enjoyed that one. Um, good choice, Lauren. Thank you. Well played. <laughs> so we have our special guest tonight. Who, special. <laughs> who we... It was quite hard to get you on to come on the radio. We've been trying for a few weeks. I'm so um, sorry. But we ended up compromising because I promised that if I came to your event that you'd yeah. come to our event. Bravery and corruption. Yeah. forward. <laughs> <laughs> um... No, but I did really enjoy it, and we'll talk about more what Lynn does with International Cafe later on. Um, um, but, no, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's, how me? old are you, and what course are you doing? Oh, sweet. So, um, obviously, name, Lynn. <laughs> um, I'm older than 21. <laughs> I study radiotherapy and oncology here at Cali, mm. third year. Third year. Also currently president of the Radiography Society, mm. so... That's quite a lot of stress. Is it? Yeah, but it's, you know, it's fun. Uh-huh. What do you have to do for that? Uh, currently, I'm organising an inter-university conference, which um, mm. I pull speakers in from different professional uh, sites and different things and just get them to come to Cali and talk to us about mm. cool X-ray things. Fun. Where are you from? I'm from a little town called Blackwood, which is the middle of nowhere. Like nice. an hour, well, 45 minutes out of town. Cool. Um, so, some quick fire questions. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Wasn't ready for these. These were not on the agenda. Um, what's your favourite chocolate? Ooh, Galaxy. Galaxy. Galaxy cookie, cum- cookie crumble to Oh, me. that is a good one. Yeah, yeah. that is good. What? Hel- helicopters or hot air balloons? Helicopters. <laughs> that that was a big decision, though, because, like, hot air balloon you could fall out of. Helicopter you could crash. So, like, do you want to fall or do you want to crash? That's true. Uh, it's a question. It's one of those random questions I like to ask people. It just it catches everyone off. Like, yeah, because nobody ever wants to pick either of them. <laughs> like aeroplane. Yeah. Hot or cold holidays? Mm, I'm I'm a fan of both. Depends yeah. how I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like in December I'm going over to like America, so mm. I'm doing West Coast and East Coast, so it'll be hot and cold. Nice. Hopefully, that is really exciting. Yeah. Um, Great, so we might get some more questions later on, we'll get to know you, but um, so we'll get into a little bit more of the deeper side. Um, (laughs) Peel off the layers of the onion. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that is a good um, imagery. Nice. (laughs) Um, So Lynn, what was your life like um, before Christ, or how did you kind of get to know Jesus a little bit more? So I don't come from a Christian background, I... Just grew up like every normal person, <laughs> going to young farmers, different things like that, like just living life, uh, doing my own thing. Like there was no specific, I mean, it was a wild ride, like lots of people die, you have like had lots of health conditions all my life, never been out of hospital, like there was just like, it was a normal childhood, but I just didn't see there was any need for like faith and different things. So I was like, I went to Girls' Brigade and stuff like that because it was something to do on a Monday night, but I never really thought much about it. But if you had asked me like what my religion as such was, I'd probably shoot more for like atheism or just like agnostic. Like I either didn't care or cared too much about things I didn't even know anything about really. So it's kind of 
Yeah, it was a weird, weird kind of path. It wasn't like a, oh, I grew up in a Christian home, went to church, life was good. It was, it's been a bit of a, a struggle, upward journey. But it's, you know, it's interesting. So what was it about Jesus that began to change your mind? So I, um, I wouldn't say there was like one specific, like, oh, like when the heavens open and like the, the, the sun shines down on you, like that kind of like, ah, oh. it's kind of like a build up of like a lot of different things over the period of time so like my neighbours across the road they are gems of human beings and I have issues saying no to people hence why I end up in things like this <laughs> so um he invited me along to like different things at his church and I was like oh yeah sure we'll go along like out politeness more than anything because they're like the cute old people across the road like you don't say no to people like that and I just kind of started going along to different things but I didn't want to go. I mean, I sat there and I like either picked off my nail varnish or like was counting the ceiling tiles or I wasn't really going to listen. I was kind of going just because they had invited me. But then I remember um, one summer, my uh, this guy came to the church that my neighbour goes to and we were going to like a family service. So like me, mum, dad, brother and different things. And he was like, oh, there's a summer camp. I was like, all right, decent. Why not? That's not my attitude. I was like, no, I do not want to go. Not a fan. But mum's like, a week, no kids. <laughs> You're going. <laughs> so we went. But I, I, let's say I tested the boundaries of camp to the extent that they now have like a no alcohol, no like Red Bull, no. They have a lot of new rules, should we say. And uh, I mean, I wouldn't have said I was a very nice person. I was a bit of a. The stuff they were talking about was just uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I think because it was too, like, it hit deep because, like, there was different things that was going on, that were going on at the time. Like, I'd just been diagnosed with bilateral cleistotoma, which is, like, a tumour that attacks, like, the eardrum and stuff, which is why I'm pretty, like, profoundly deaf. And it, that was going on. There was, like, various other different things going on. Mum's health was poor. Family relationships were, like, tense because people were dying and, you know life just got in the way so I was just sitting there and I was like nah rebellion like storming out of meetings and it was um quite a strict camp should we say so it, it leaned more on the traditional route of Christianity and um it wasn't my game so that was the worst week of my life I will thoroughly attest to the fact looking back now it probably was could have been better so this is the point the recording starts to go a little crazy so the most of the rest of the show does have corrupt audio. It makes everyone sound a little bit like Daleks. If you don't want to hear that, and I do not blame you at all, you can skip to our interview with Ricky McAddick, which we pre-recorded for the show. The audio for that is clean, and I've inserted it into this podcast. So if you want to hear that and skip the rest of this, you can go to 29 Minutes. So if you skip to 29 minutes, you should have a clean recording of Ricky McCaddick's interview. But um, I think after that, I was just kind of like, something had struck me. I was like, all these people sitting around me, so there was what, like a hall of 100 odd people around about the same age as me, like 16, 17, 18. And I was like, why are they like putting their hands in there? Like, why are they praising? Why are they doing all this weird voodoo mumble jumble? Kind of, it looked like a cult. I was like, what is this? But then at the same time, they had, they just seemed to have this peace and this unnatural joy. Like, I remember talking to one one of the girls who was there and she's like, just talking away about life and how different things had happened. And it just so happened that her granddad had um, passed away. And I was like, oh my, like, we had some common grounds there. And um, she was just sharing how like, even though that was happening, she wasn't sad. I was like, mm, someone's dying or had died. I can't remember if they were dying or had died. Yeah. But like this really sad emotional event had happened and you're like, oh no, that's not sad. I was like, you're either like sick or there's something going on here. And the more we got talking about it, the more it's like, I realise now that she had like the hope of knowing where they were going, like the hope that she'll have meet them one more time in like heaven and stuff. So I suppose it was like, I can't remember what the question was, but it was like, um, what was the question? Was how did, how did Jesus change your mind from then? Yeah, so it was, it was at the time where I was just like really low, like mentally and health was bad and all these questions are flying around your head and I'm like, 
I don't really know what to make of it. So I remember going and speaking to someone who was in the church that the neighbour went to. And I was like, look, something's going on here. And my head, like, my questions are coming. And then I just looked this fire in them at them very angrily. So that's it. I was not a nice person. But basically it was just, she never let up on the fact that there is this hope and this joy that you can have in Christ that you can never achieve any other way. So like I was filling it with like drugs, drink, alcohol, like all these different methods. Like I was playing sports and like anything I could do to avoid the pain that was going on in my own life. I was like, anything I can do that covers up emotions, because I don't really do emotions very well. Um, I was just finding any way possible. And then when she kind of threw this curveball and she's like, ooh, have you thought about Jesus? And I was like, actually, no. And then we just kind of built upon that. But the one main thing I remember going to was I then went back to camp the year later. And it was just a completely different experience. Was it the same camp or a different one? It was the exact same camp. Yeah, it was like, it was in a wee town up, at, up outside Perth in like the middle of the forest. It was weird. But I, like, that was the last year I could have went because I was 18. So I was like, oh. Why not? Let's just go. And also, mum was like, you're going. So it was unoptional. And um, I just remember going, and it was like, when you actually listen to what they were saying, instead of like turning yourself off, you can start to question things. And it was also a safe environment where, like, there was people who had been like Christians since they could walk. And then there was like people who were like me in the same boat where we like, our families weren't into it, like, your friends weren't into it, like, you were from a background that was basically against Christianity in so many different ways that be becoming a Christian just seemed stupid. <laughs> so I think when you start to like talk about these things with people, it just reveals how much you actually need this extra longing to satisfy yourself. And I would say it was that year, that time at, ca at camp, Oh, getting a wee bit emotional here. <laughs> it was um, at camp on the last night. I, I just remember him saying, um, "It's it, it basically was just like, what do you do with this man Jesus? So it was um, when like, Jesus was up in front of like, Pilate and they're like, what should we do with this man? Should we release Barabbas or Jesus? And it's that choice that if you don't pick Jesus, you're naturally picking Barabbas. Like you're choosing, like, yeah the opposite so it's like without actively choosing him you're not choosing him and I was just sitting there like well what's there to lose like it's not as if I'm going anywhere else and I, I struggled a lot with like suicide and depression and different things at that period of my life as well so it was kind of that I, I, I thoroughly believe if I hadn't gone through that period in my time and went to camp and all these different influences that kept coming in like there were random people all over the joint if I did Go on, I could go on forever. But I, it was thoroughly that moment at camp when I was like, here, what have I got to lose? Like, let's just give it a bash. And well, we're still here, so. Mm. That's amazing. That's an incredible story. <laughs> it is. It's, it's so different. Um, for me, somebody growing up, it's so fascinating to hear your story because it's a perspective that I didn't, I never got to see. I never got yeah. to see that other side and then be brought around. And I think, you know, people who aren't brought up in Christian households, their testimonies almost like so much more incredible than I because you've seen like you and know, then the day still decisions. a soul being saved from yeah. like eternity so I just I it's it's like a crazy thing to think like when you think of the people that logically should become Christians you don't think of people like me like those like people that ran out of school like were behind the school smoking like goodness knows what and different things like that like Logically, it makes no sense, but I think that just highlights the fact that Jesus can use literally anyone. Mm -hmm. And whether you've been through like hell and back, for lack of a better phrase, or whether you've had like a nice—I don't—I don't mean nice—but like if you've had a more pleasant upbringing in which pain and sorrow hasn't been like a key theme, I think that sometimes can also be a challenge to yourself to remain true. Because for us, it's like an uphill battle of everyday, like constant why am I doing this, different things like that. Whereas for people like such as yourself who grew up in that, it's more like the battle of, well, this is comfortable and just getting more passive in it. So I think it, yeah. it, it works 
good for both people. Yeah, I think even like growing up, you there has to, there comes a point where the person would say the tire hits the road, and you've got to either decide to have your own faith, yeah, or not. Because a lot of people, there's like a, a very large percentage of kids that grew up Christian move away from church. So to, there comes a point where you make the decision for yourself, yeah, whether absolutely. you believe it or not. And I totally get what you're saying. I feel like in the lowest moments when you you seem furthest away, those are like the best spiritual yeah. moments. I always find that you always your faith grows so much more from being in the lowest yeah. places. It's like the more like the, the more fires you go through, the more refined you become, and you actually realize the true value of the faith that you hold. Because I would like literally, if you just saw like thirteen year old me in school, there was no hope for ever getting to university, let alone like six year. <laughs> Like it was, it was a wild time. I mean, I'm making it sound like it was a complete pleb. But so you went into university as a Christian. Like, uh, was it that year, like becoming eighteen? It was like the year between sort of leaving school and starting uni. It was like that kind of phase in life. So like seventeen, eighteen, and like when all the hormones are going rampant, like <laughs> that time was, it was it was very challenging, especially living in a family that is predominantly not. Christian, like atheist and different things like that, it's, it can become very challenging but it can also be such a joy mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, more challenging. Yeah. Than and how have you found being a Christian during university? It's, it's different. So I dropped out of uni. So I went from school and I went to Strathy for a year. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I apologise for this But I saw the light, I, I left. <laughs> no, I had um, medically, I had to leave uni the first time round because I had to go for some brain surgery. So. Wow, it's quite important. And um, and that year, I just I so I was doing civil engineering, and then I dropped out to you know save my life. But um, no big deal. And uh, I, in that year, I just I went to college. Yeah, I went. I don't I don't really know what I'd done. It was like some sort of open university wild thing. But I studied like applied science uh, with an interest in physics. And it was during that year, um, I almost died, I don't even know how many times, like four. And it was in that period of like trials and testing that I realised the true value of the faith that I then had. And by that time I was so ready, um, by then I was coming to Cali, so what, three years ago now. And by then I can thoroughly say if I hadn't came to Cali and met the people that I've met, it would have been a completely different story. But also in the year where I literally... Like a lot of things went down. Um, I think God just revealed himself to me in such a way that was like, here, you actually don't know how good my story is. Can you please tell people like what is like what the gospel is, what I'm doing in people's lives? Because when everybody thinks of Christians, they think of those like cushy, like life's good people. But like there's other people out there, there's other options, like we're not all just a bunch of weirdos. I mean, we're all weird, but we're not just a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> and it's just, I think, if I hadn't went through that period of testing and trial, then the story that I have to this day, and the, I can't think of a good word for it, but like the gung-ho <laughs> quality that I would say I have like to share Jesus and the gospel on campus is so much more rich because I am when I was going through my like faith journey that was inverted commas for everyone that can't see us um <laughs> when I was going through that I, I was going through it at the same age as most of the people are at uni so it's like I get what they're I get it <laughs> like I get that when you also come to uni it's like the best time to experience the world and what else there is to offer outside of your town your village your high school like I mean, let's face it, we all know how broad Cali's reach is, like, there's people from all the way up in, like, Wick, right down to, like, I don't know, Wales, because it starts with a W, (laughs) but then there's, like, so many people all across, like, Europe and different things come to Cali, and it's such a rich experience we have here, and it's such a great opportunity to actually be able to explore different faiths and stuff, see, especially if you're being, like, used to a certain church or a certain way of living, it's a time to really experience you and work out who you are. So I think that is why I love Cali and telling them about the gospel.
We clearly have an incredible um, backstory and testimony. Um, so looking to the future, how do you want to grow as a Christian? I think I, would, I think the way that most people kind of want to grow, just becoming closer to Jesus and more like him each day. And I think it's just a case of like reading your Bible. <laughs> like It sounds so stupid, but actually spending time with God and his word can be such a privilege that I don't think many people take use of. Like, we just kind of like, we all know what it's like, like to just two minutes in the morning go on like new version or grab a book and just read a chapter and be like, great, that's fine. Spend time with God's day. Everything's fine. But instead of that, like actually having a richness and like understanding the value of like the word and how it can actually impact your life and how even two minutes or 20 minutes can be just as valuable if you're reading it the right way and stuff. And I also think prayer is a key thing in my life. So if you're, if you don't live in an environment where you can openly like display like books and different things like that, or it would just make things uncomfortable. I think that's when you also truly understand how valuable it can be just to pray, because <laughs> it's such an easy thing to do. Like you can do it anywhere. So I think I would love if I was known as that guy that was always praying. Like that would be cool. Yeah. Because I just, oh, I love it. <laughs> Prayer is very special. It's just. I think it's also because it's like the, the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Because it's just like talking. It's yeah. It's, I mean, let's face it. I love to talk. <laughs> like, I mean, we'll just scratch the surface. <laughs> you want to know more? I'm always game for a coffee. But it's like it's just that one time that you have where it's just you and like God. And it's just such a pleasure to be able to spend that time in his presence. And it doesn't have to be anywhere fancy. Like, my prayer time is in the shower in the morning. Or, like, I mean, we all pee when we get up in the morning. <laughs> Make it a longer pee. Talk to him on the toilet. Like... <laughs>
it's, it's really, it's really special people, and what they're doing is it's incredible work. Mm. They're in your church, are they? Yes, they are. They they run out of our church building. Actually, mm. they're on Street Connect. Oh, cool. What church is that? It's is Glasgow City Church. Oh. I'm, I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was set up by um, Ricky and Julie McCaddock in May 2013. So they both got personal experiences with addiction and being in that place, and how Jesus kind of transformed their life and brought it around into what they're doing today. That's so cool. It is. It's exciting. So, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is what Ricky had to say when we chatted to him. As other me said, this is an interview we took with Ricky McCaddock from his charity Street Connect based out of Glasgow City Church. We recorded this interview before the show aired, so we do have a clean recording of that interview, which you can enjoy for the next 10 minutes or so. Just tell me a little bit about yourself or kind of your personal testimony, if that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't grow up in a Christian home and I was brought up in a housing estate with a single parent home. And by the age of 13, that's when I just got a little bit insecure in who I was and found security in alcohol. And then by the time I was 18, I tried every drink and drug and then was getting in trouble with the police. Started moving around a lot. I went to Dubai to work for a bit. I was living in Edinburgh doing a college and then I got my worked my way up through college and got my degree in Edinburgh doing a BSc in multimedia and I ended up addicted by then I was drinking every day and was addicted to Valium and very soon after that I left my flat and I moved in with a family member who at the time was selling heroin and I quickly got involved in that and ended up addicted to heroin and ended up in prison for a short time and my life just became pretty chaotic and I was full of, full of with depression, anxiety, fear, shame, guilt, a lot of this stuff so the, the, the drugs and that was more of a surface issue and it was um, more deep-rooted issues that I was sort of covering up with drugs and alcohol and then one day I heard uh, didn't know how to cry out to God, but I believe he saw the cry of my heart. And that's when I believe he brought someone in across my path who had done a Teen Challenge program, which is a Christian residential rehab, in 2006. And I decided to go down there in 2007, in March. And I became a Christian the following month, April 2007. So that's now... 11 and a half years ago and it's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life, probably the best and it's, it was tough in there because I had to learn to face up to myself because when you took the drugs away I was left with a 28 year old man who didn't really know who he was and was hurting and had a lot of brokenness to work through and thankfully God was patient and gentle and helped me work through some of this stuff until I moved down to London, I, that, so the rehab was in Wales, I got transferred down to London. I hadn't given God everything, so I slipped up a bit. Ended up in a mess until I came to a point of surrender. I was doing another uni course at East London Uni, and I ended up um, just coming to a point where I would say to God, whatever you want me to do from now on, I will do it. So even if that means going back to Team Challenge, because I really didn't want to go back, and I went back there at the beginning of 2010. And I remember looking in a mirror one day and it was the first time I could ever remember. Stood and looking at myself and remembering that, you know, that God loved me and been able to accept who I was for who God made me to be rather than trying to be something I wasn't. So I found real self-acceptance which grew my confidence and I went on and done their, their ministry training programme where I got a real passion for work on the streets, reaching out to broken and hurting people who were homeless and addiction and lives were very chaotic and I moved back down to London again and then I met I met my wife in Wales and we met doing street outreach together for a church in South Wales, a town called Clenethley. So a bit of a mouthful but I got that one out but we ended up, she came up to Glasgow, I went down to London and we took a time seeking God whether that was the right thing and we, we did so we got married at the beginning of 2013 and now have well my wife had two older children before so we've got 19 year old and a 17 year old and a three and a half and two year old so dealing with teenage issues on the one hand and then toddler 
um, issues on the other, but they're such a blessing to us. At what point did Street Connect come into the frame? So after me and my wife got married, I was I was running an outreach for a church in London, and in the East End of London, and I was looking to have just a little break because I'd been doing it for a number of years by this point, and God had other ideas, and my wife had been connected with what was called the Christian Centre, it's now Glasgow City Church, and we met with the pastor, he heard what I'd been doing, and he asked if we would help them to set up an outreach for the church there, and that started on the 4th of May 2013, just as an outreach for the church. By the following May, we'd realised that there was much more needed than just support on a Saturday evening, sometimes you were coming to church on a Sunday, so I took time off my work, I was self-employed, doing content development and a bit of website design and I just felt God was saying to me to step out of this and into his work and that's when I took a step of faith and very quickly so by the following year um, Street Connect became an official entity on the 23rd of May 2014. So what exactly does Street Connect do and what kind of people do you work with? So we work, we term um, various people with life controlling issues Predominantly homelessness, various addictions, mental health, loneliness and isolation, people coming in and out of prison and also we do a lot of work around just generally people that are really hurt and broken but that seems to be the majority of the people group that we work with. What role does faith play in Street Connect? Yeah, so faith is a key part to what we do. That's one of our core values is faith because we believe that the, the life-transforming power of Jesus Christ underpins all of, all of our activities. All of our employed staff are Christians. The majority of our volunteers, although we do leave space for some non-Christians to come in because we know that that's the driving force and the motivation behind what we do. And a number of our staff have maybe been through tough times in their own lives and have came to faith in Christ and had their lives completely transformed. So we know the difference that can make. Although everything that we do is open to anyone. You know, there's no requirement for someone to become a Christian or be a Christian. But we'll help them regardless of that. We just want to be there to help people on their journey. And if they become a Christian in the process, then even, even better. What have been some of the highlights for you with Street Connect so far? One of the... I met a man that we first met on the streets of Glasgow, begging, and again, he wasn't really interested in talking about God, but that was fine. He came along, so we met him on the streets, we prayed for him, and then we kept bumping into him, and we came into a drop-in cafe, and then he started coming along to church. We got him into a Christian rehab programme, he then went on a missions trip to um, Indonesia, working in an orph orphanage, and then he came back to, to Glasgow. We got him a position with a rehab in Israel that we worked closely with. So he was out there six months helping. He then came back and worked with Bethany Christian Trust, one of our partner organisations. And just the beginning of this year, he got married. So it was a blessing to be seeing him from where he was, like nearly four years ago. The, in the mess his life was to see him today working full time and we finally handed him over to someone that can sort him out once and for all so his wife is doing a great job of that Where do you see Street Connect moving in the future? So we, we've developed a service model where we do an initial, an initial um, engagement as part of our street outreach and our drop-in cafes we have a more focused programme which is covers things like community detox, community recovery programmes, one-to-one support, rehab referrals, befriending and then we also have um, a community reintegration programme where people who are coming out the other end of residential rehab, we've got some move-on flats, we've got two flats that currently hold four men and we have given volunteering opportunities and also we do an aftercare um, program because as people reintegrate back into the community that can often be a difficult time. So we've developed this model that we believe can be replicated in other locations. So we started in Glasgow City Centre and then at the beginning of 2017 we opened a partnership with a church in Postle Park, one of Glasgow's most neediest areas. Then six months later in Govan, partnering with a local church and just since April this year we've opened a 
partnership with a church in Clyde Bank the following month with a Christian organisation in Paisley and we just opened a church partnership with a church in down in Kent in June this year. So we believe God's given us a vision for par partnering the local church. So we believe a vision statement is empowering the local church to reach the lost and we want to develop a partnership model that can be replicated and just seeing the church empowered and released to go and support those with various life controlling issues in the local communities across the UK. That's brilliant. Um, so what excites you most about God and the way you see him move? Just when we first started, you know, it was never intended to be what it is today. All we wanted to do was go out onto the streets of Glasgow City Centre and connect with some broken people. And the way God's moved and developed the work has been, it's grown. We've now got, so from just volunteers, initially we've got 14 paid staff. In fact, 15 paid staff now, not all full-time. And um, we have about 50, over 50 different volunteers and we're seeing the work really expand into a number of locations, so we've got a vision for the UK. So it just excites me to think, where will it end? Because with God, nothing is impossible. And we just believe we're doing what Jesus, this is Jesus' ministry. He was out, he wasn't sat in a church on his backside just waiting for people. He was out on the streets with the prostitutes, the beggars, the lame, those, the outcasts of society, the lepers, the, what, the tax collectors and sinners, the ones the religious people of the day would say, don't bother with them. But Jesus was like, no, these are such such ones as these that I've came for. So we believe because we're doing his work and what he done when he was here, we believe through his Holy Spirit, he's empowering us to do the work that he himself was doing. And that's why it's flourishing so much because we're meeting such a need and we're seeing so many lives being transformed. Is there a particular piece of scripture that drives some of the work you do? Yes, I like, for me, scripture at the moment I think about is in Ephesians where it says that and to him who is able to do much more immeasurably more than you could ask or think according to his power at work within us so thinking that you know we often put caps on things but we can't limit God so it's about I'm a believer in vision and taking real steps of faith and trusting in God because he's never let us down with his provision yet and I believe the higher, the more we aim, the bigger the vision. God is more, more than enough resources to fulfil that. So it's just very exciting. And who knows in another five, six years where we'll be. Brilliant. Thank you very much for giving your time for Thank me. Thank you. That was so good. It's incredible to hear the work that they do. Yeah, I love learning about that. And just like his story behind it as well. It's not like he just started it for like any old reason like he actually is connected to it a lot. Yeah, he relates a lot to the people. We see quite often, because I go to the church that Street Connects run out of, we quite often see the people from Street Connects and they often tell their stories in the church and it's just really incredible kind of turnaround stories that happen. Um, but he mentioned there the move on flats that they own. So these are two flats so people once they've, they've got them off the streets they're going to rehab. They have these flats that people can just kind of live in and just learn to you know, so good, yeah. yeah, just become part of society again and then they can move on afterwards and build their own lives again. So it's really, it's incredible work. I also must help with outreach that he's like, he's been where they are. Exactly, Like, yeah. instead of like, so if like, we'd to go and try and do that, we wouldn't have the same appeal to the people because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't really know anything about being like homeless. No, definitely not. So it's like that like personal level, which I think sometimes can make your evangelism so much better is when you can actually connect with people and I'm just such a fan of friendship evangelism mm. be friends with people yeah because if I was to start going out and talking to people on the street I wouldn't have a clue where to start yeah whereas they have such a good background and experience like they know yeah how to do it. and it's so good that their faith leads them into doing it as well like I, their charity they, they only were set up in 2013 and they already own two flats and I've sent tons of people through re Christian rehab so it's just, it, you can tell, you can really see God working through them yeah. to do really really amazing things.
sweet love it yeah so we're going to listen to a song now by lauren daybell um it's good pronunciation it's called you say and she has done so well with this song i think it's you were saying saying it was number three in the yeah i think it got to like number three or number four but like in the mainstream in the charts, charts like, yeah, yeah as well as christian charts christian charts well. i took this from number one yeah yeah so She's doing amazingly well right now. It's, it's such a good song. Yeah. Just listen to the lyrics. Uh-huh. It really gets you. <laughs> Good. It's very much used. What's <laughs> yeah. the quote that you used earlier? 
about falling apart. Oh, um, a Bible that is falling apart is in the hands of a person that is together. Which is not true for me, but from <laughs> for many people that could probably apply. <laughs> See, I'm very much a visual learner, so I totally want to start doing this because I'm very much into that. You just read it, and I couldn't tell you five minutes later what it was about. Yeah. So I think doing this is something that could really help me learn and actually remember things as well. So it's quite handy, like, see, when you start, like, so I, what I do is, like, if I was given a passage, you start and you, like, read it, and then you read it through, like, a, a couple more times. Not all in the one go, so, like, you'd read it, I don't know, on the Monday, then you'd give it another bash on the Wednesday, and then, like, the Friday, I'd sit and I'd be like, okay, so what is... What is actually being said here? And then I'll go through, like, if, so, I've been going through Mark, because, you know, Mark. And it's like, whenever Jesus was talking in a parable, that was one colour. Whenever Jesus was talking to particular people, that was another colour. Like, every, you can break it down into so many different things. And it just, you don't always remember what the colour was. And what it was used for. And normal people would write this down. Whereas I just like read it, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember where I was going with that. But it's it's just work, working out what like works for you. Some people quite like to draw boxes and stuff. I mean, I do it all. <laughs> I've seen that in precept studies where they like try a triangle over every time the word God is mentioned. And yeah. I never I never quite got into that. I went to church and I used to do that, and I just that can all works if you've got the verses like printed out. I think. Yeah, it does when I mean, they're printed out large. See, I never had that. It was like way too fiddly for me, but I feel like something just like highlight a whole verse. I could like, that could work yeah. much better for me. Because I um, I'm involved in a Bible study every Tuesday with some of my friends, and whenever I'm preparing for that, I'll print out the verse that we're doing and like leave like four point line spacing so I can actually like write and do different things. So I think if you were like studying a particular bit of the Bible, like a particular passage, then that would be kind of, I've got so many different ways of doing stuff, like, yeah, yeah and I think we're all different the way that we study the Bible, um, yeah, so I think we're going to round it up now, because um, Lynn spoke too long, <laughs> <laughs> um, you no, knew this would happen, <laughs> no, if we, we would love to have you again, if you're up you've been that. absolutely amazing <laughs> having on this show, like, you've, you've so much, like, to say, but it's, it's not, like, badly, like, uh, really interesting, yeah, yeah. like, you've just got so much to talk about. Um, so we're going to do events now? No. Um, we're going to. Lauren has ruled it in. <laughs> no, we're getting to the end of hours, so we really need to nip it up. So thank you everyone very much for listening. Um, we are inspired, and this is on at 8pm every week on a Thursday. So please do listen in again. Uh, be there or be square. Indeed. Exactly. Thank you again, Lynn. <laughs> we really appreciate it. <laughs>